0: Set down your sleepy water and your Mr. Whistle, take off that raincoat, and grab a cold beer. It's time to have a real talk about pediatric dentistry. You're listening to Bruise and Tiny Teeth, the unfiltered pediatric dentistry podcast. Hey, what's going on, Bruise and Tiny Teeth family? Uh, it's your boy Casey Gets checking in for a solo episode today. Uh, I know you guys know the grind, but it's been uh, been a long summer, been super busy with uh, all the kids out of school and everything. But we're kind of on on the downhill stretch, so just try to finish strong. I, I always tell myself this is the time of year that you know you grind it out, you work extra hours, so you can take a little bit of time off during the fun time of year, and uh, at least for me, which is in the fall or the winter time around the holidays. So. um Uh, I am going to do just a quick solo episode today and a couple announcements. I wanted to review some different um, new materials and products and pieces of equipment that I use in my practice. Uh, I've been taking some notes on some of the things that I like, and I kind of just want to do a little review on things. Uh, and it's easier on my end. Um, that way, I, I I get a break from having to line up all the guests for for this week, and then I've got a couple more lined up in the future here. So, um, but before I dive in, I I had one quick announcement. Um, I was going to give a plug for um, my good my good buddy Bobby Elliott. He is uh, he's been on the podcast before. He's a fantastic practice owner speaker. Um, he lectures a lot, does a lot of CE things. Um, but I told him I'd I'd give a shout out. He does a a, a pedo boot camp uh, once a year. Um, and he's got his 2020 seminars coming up. It's October 13th through the 15th. And I don't think he has a lot of slots open, but, um, you know, he's got a a really good CE course over a few days there for young dentists looking to become practice owners. There's a lot of material that, you know, um, more experienced pediatric dentists can pick up on, but, um, I know a, a lot of pediatric dentists personally that have taken his course that were Interested in uh, going the startup route. Um, he does a really nice job of reviewing different systems Um, you know some marketing things a a lot of team management like building a really good team and creating a good work culture That's kind of his uh his specialty if you will and he's really really good at it So I think this year, uh, it's october 13th through the 15th in marietta, georgia And I believe you get a stack of ce for doing it Uh, But it's a fairly small group. I think he limits it to around 25 uh, participants so um, if you're interested in that, if uh, if you um, are a young pediatric dentist that's maybe going to be uh, considering doing a startup soon or an acquisition or going to become a practice owner, um, it's, a, it's a really good kind of crash course, um, like a 101 on how to run a, a type practice and uh, run a type ship there. So um, you can, uh, Bobby's on Facebook all the time. You could Facebook message him or um, I think his, his website, let me see here, uh, pddx.us forward slash bootcamp. Um, like i said there may not be any slots left open but i know he does these once once or twice a year so reach out to him if you're if you just at least want a little bit more information Um, it's nice because it's very pediatric dentistry focused and uh, um, bobby speaks a lot on these things so he's a really good guy to put this together so um so with that being said uh let me go through some things that i've been playing with in my practice things that i've been learning a bit more about uh and different products that i've been using um keep in mind as you guys know i'm not an you know, don't consider myself an expert. Try and be pretty open-minded. There's some products here. Maybe you guys played with that you might disagree on, but this is kind of my take on some newer things. I've always tried to advocate for um, not being stubborn and stuck in the ways of of doing things. You know, not being afraid to uh, try new um, new materials and new technologies, and not being stuck in the way of doing things, so that we're not practicing. Dentistry like they do in the 1970s. So, anyways, first thing on my list here uh, was throw pack. So, I know a lot of guys and uh, guys and gals that are pediatric dentists will do their um, GA in a hospital setting, in which case you may not have control over this. But with the trend going towards in office general anesthesia, Um, you know, you're a bit more in charge of what materials you're using there on the surgical side of things. But I have played with different throat packs for a while. I'm probably a little bit more anal with, with my throat packs and how I place them than an an average person. Um, but in my mind, that's kind of the one, one of the few things that's our job in most circumstances. And, um, you know, it's one of the things that we can do if we don't do it right. We can cause some serious issues. If you stuff it in there and forget to take it out, you can have some serious adverse outcomes. Um, and that's, that's one of the big things I've always been big on is don't stuff the throat pack all the way back in there. We did that in residency and it always really bothered me. I mean, even in my, my residency period, we had two different times where throat packs were left in and the kids waking up and they, you know, it doesn't get recorded or whatever, and they can't ventilate a kid and are looking in the mouth and like, Oh, the throat pack's still in. So, um, really really just cheap insurance leave about six eight inches of that tail of that throat pack draped out of one side of the mouth that way you're never going to forget it um, there's really no good reason to stuff that throw pack all the way back there um i have also heard some horror stories before of using just like a a woven gauze with the frilly ends on it where you're packing that throat pack in uh into an open airway or i guess you know if the kiddo's intubated Fine, but there's still a risk that I, I've heard those little frilly fibers at the end of the throat pack will come out and kids can aspirate those or then go into, you know, places you don't want them to go into. So, um, so I've, I've shopped around and tried out different throat packs for a while and I found one that's, that's really, really great for in-office general anesthesia. It's the ducal Sterile Vaginal Packing, Ducal is D-U-K-A-L. Uh, it's a two inch by 36 inch, uh, sterile gauze roll, uh, packing roll. It's, it's nice. You don't have to cut it. It's the perfect width and it's the perfect length. So you're not having to trim it with scissors and have it, you know, draped all the way down to the floor. Uh, but they sell it, uh, what I like about it is it's sterile. It's a, a very tightly, I think they call it a non-woven, but there's no frilly ends to it. It's all tightly woven and, um, it's real nice and dense. And then, uh, they come in a hundred pack, they're individually wrapped, uh, and they sell a hundred pack for around $80. I get it from medical shop, uh, just, just medical shop online. It's an online dealer. A lot of times they're back order. They're kind of a special order thing. Um, but you know, for a, a hundred pack the, the last you a while I figure if I do, uh, you know, around 350, uh, GA cases. how did I do this math here? I scribbled down um 350 ga cases a year which i do a lot more than your average person or even say 300 times um times three dollars like so if you're okay i remember my notes here if you're paying closer to three dollars for a throat pack which is kind of what the going rate is if you just get them from a vendor or distributor um you know that's going to be a grand worth of throat packs versus if you go this route um the average cost for that many throat packs would be $280, you know, about 300 bucks. So you're gonna put six, 700 bucks. If you do as many GA cases as I do back in your pocket, um, having a better throat pack and better outcomes, and it's going to be cheaper. So do call sterile vaginal packing two inch by 36 inch from medical shop. Look into it. If you have uh, purchasing power over your own throat packs, really, really good quality throat pack. Uh, and they work great. Um, so Piece of equipment number two is uh, the OptraSculpt hand instrument, Uh, Ivoclar Ivoclar makes this, I started playing with this after I listened to a CE event, Uh, I think it was AAPD, maybe two years ago, but an online one when we did the Nash virtual, I think I picked it up there from a speaker. But I've always kind of thought that trying to finish out the margins of a composite, like a class two composite, especially on a permanent tooth, um, really one of the most difficult things we do, you know, you think about like a buckle pit composite. Those seem to last forever because we're putting that composite on a flat surface. It's really easy to get super tight flush margins, um, and you can polish them really nice and they seem to last forever, but our, uh, our class one occlusals don't seem to hold up as long, you know, unless, especially if a kid doesn't brush great, doesn't have a good diet, doesn't take care of them, you know, but you're trying to get a nice tight seal on a surface that looks like the crater of a moon with deep pits and fissures. And it's really hard to get that adapted, especially if you think on a very microscopic level using like a, a condenser or a ball burnisher or something. And you're packing that into something as rough and irregular as, you know, the, the surface, the occlusal surface of a tooth. So I just, I've never conceptually liked doing that. And then I, I always finish it off with a little sealant or flowable, but still just have never been really satisfied with my margins there. So I started playing with this and I really, really like it. So it's, it's basically the Optrosculpt. It's a little hand instrument and it's got a, Um, it's got like a four millimeter sponge pad on, on the end of it and they make it in different sizes. I think there's a four millimeter and a five millimeter. It's kind of designed for use in the anterior if you're doing, you know, big class four buildups and sizal edge fractures, but it works really well on uh, occlusal surfaces. So it's this sponge pad that does not stick to composite at all. It's, it's fantastic. It's firm, but just a little bit of give and softness to it. So you pack your composite in, you put your layers in and then when you get up to your occlusal edge. Uh, your occlusal surface where your margins at you just put that sponge on and go around and you know pad 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 put a little pressure on it and uh and it just really smushes that composite edge down really nice and flush um, and makes your margins really really tight and then you cure it i still go back over and put just a little dab of sealant around the edge of it and seal up any grooves that i didn't you know uh, drill out there and then a lot of times i'll go back and polish it if i need to but a lot of times i don't have to just because the, the edges are really smooth Um, it's not an expensive instrument i've bought six of them or seven of them one for each of my operative cassettes Uh, i think the handle is if you i buy stuff on net 32 um things like this hand instruments but 47 bucks on net 32 and then you can buy a 60 pack of the pads the pads are a one-time use disposable thing they're about 50 bucks so not an outrageous investment but you know it's probably going to substantially improve the lifespan of your occlusal composites um, but if you're like me and you're constantly re-evaluating your uh your composites, making sure they're as as high quality as possible as as within our control, it's a it's a good thing to add to your operative kit. Um it just gives you some really nice buttery smooth margins there. Um so that's the Optrasculpt. Look at a, look it up, uh net 32, or you could buy it from your um, uh, you know, your Benko Henry Henry Shine um Patterson rep. They could price sell it to you for a little bit more if you want to go that route. Uh Piece of equipment number three is my mosquito burr. I've talked about this on the podcast uh, podcast before. I've been using this probably a little longer than a year, but I, I'm not aware that a ton of pediatric dentists use this burr, and I think they should. So I wanted to talk about it for a second. So mosquito burr is a it's a friction grip burr that you um, can use for various things, but it it literally looks like the end of a mosquito nose. A very like it's long, but it's not outrageously long. Maybe three millimeters um very very skinny and they they obviously sell it in different grits i usually buy the the ultra fine like a either a red or a yellow ultra fine finish um, but it is a fantastic burr for um, about two or three different purposes if you are the type of person that likes to do a lot of disking or interproximal stripping if you've got little interproximal things and you just want to disc it open instead of putting the whole latch pe- handpiece together and buying all the discs and everything this is a way faster way cheaper and easier way to do um, interproximal stripping you can put it in a high speed or a slow speed Um, and it just barely slices through an interproximal contact on an anterior tooth. You can even use it. I've used it for like modified hall crowns before. If you get a little bit of an um, uncooperative kid and it's a real tight contact, you didn't get a little rubber band in there, um, like an ortho separator and you want to try to put a hall crown on. You just put that bad boy on shave away you know have the kid okay we're gonna practice brushing your tooth with this bumpy toothbrush and then just shave away and you'll you'll be able to just barely open up that interproximal posterior contact. So you can slide a hall crown on if it's really tight um it's great for uh if you've got ectopic upper six-year molars maybe and it's or maybe just uh like a three or fourteens just barely hung up under the distal edge of a stainless steel crown um, if you can't quite get a round or a, um, ortho separator in there, you just put that mosquito burr on, put it at a, you know, kind of a steep angle back there and just shave it apart. And, uh, that works great. But the thing that I use it the most for by far is when I'm doing a primary or a permanent class two composite and you've got your box prepped, you got your carries removed, you got your dovetail, everything looks great. The very last thing I do before I start putting my whatever matrix system on that I'm using is I'll pop that mosquito burr on a high speed and I'll go back and just barely break open the contacts because a lot of times, you know, on the smaller interproximal decay, you don't break the contacts. Um, but you know, with a 330 burr, that's a pretty good size burr on that little rim of enamel. If you're trying to, you know, you're always trying to break a contact a little bit if you need to without gouging the opposing tooth and it can be hard to do. And a lot of times you get irregular enamel. So I go back through it, that mosquito burr, it takes 10 seconds, swipe the interproximal, it gives you a nice, like a really gentle little bevel along your, you know, the edge of your prep, and then it breaks any, um, you know, unsupported enamel, which you, su- happens surprising amount of the time if you don't do this, but just gives you a really nice clean box form, uh, by doing a quick swipe with that mosquito bird. Then you put your de novo band on or your T band or whatever you're using and, uh, fill it up. And, there are certain things that I'm not great at in dentistry, but my, my primary class twos always look really, really nice on the x-rays. And I, attribute a lot of it to this, um, using this mosquito burr. So definitely something, uh, check out the mosquito burr again, they're really cheap. Get them on net 32. Um, my, my non, uh, you know, I get a lot of stuff on net 32. That's either equipment tools, um, disposable things. I don't get as much materials. Like I don't get composites and bond and stuff there, but things like this, you can get cheap on net 32 mosquito burr. Uh, technology piece of equipment number four. This one's a little bit newer. Uh, the isolate, this new anterior isolate system by Xeris. Um, this is fairly new. I don't know of a lot of pediatric dentists that have tried it out yet. Um, doing anterior work, especially on permanent teeth is not, not something that I claim to be, uh, skilled at, but I certainly am always trying to self-improve there. I've always thought isolation's really tough up there. I think all of us listening agree we'd much rather do stainless steel crowns and primary stuff than sit there and do class threes all day. But I wanted to try this out and see, you know, does it work for primary teeth? Does it work for anteriors or conia stuff? And then, you know, how, how well does this system work? So, um, I use an existing Isolite system, um, you know, the Isodry, I believe I use, I don't have an integrated light with it. Um, so I have the Isodry system. If you have that system with the hose and everything, it's pretty affordable to get the adapter pack for it. Um, the adapter kit for the anterior, um, that attaches to the existing ISO dry. I wrote down it's 300 bucks. I, th- I think that's right. It's really not too bad. And, uh, it just comes with, you know, the, uh, little, I think in, instead of aluminum, it's plastic. So you got your aluminum body that stays on your high speed suction most of the time for your ice light hose. And then this is like the plastic insert that inserts into that, that you can autoclave. So it's a special attachment for an anterior. Um, ice light, but then you buy a box of paddles. I bought some smalls and mediums. That's kind of the big downside of these is there's not a pedo and they're big. Um, so I I tried using this in GA once or twice for anterior zirconias, um, and I struggled with it. They're just too big. You know, to me, you can start using them on maybe seven, six, seven, eight year olds. I, I found would comfortably maybe start to fit. Um, so not as great as I was hoping for zirconia work on D through G. Um, it was a nice idea in theory, but it's just way too damn big. It doesn't really fit in there. Um, the way that it works is the suction comes out the, you know, the corner of the lips, um, kind of wraps around there. And then it's, uh, like an oval shaped paddle that retracts the lips. It sits in the vestibule of the upper and lower lips, kind of like that game that, you know, that kids play where they put that gate looking thing in their lips and try to talk. So it kind of does that, but then there's a little rubber paddle that gently pushes the tongue back and sucks up water. It definitely does not suck up fluid nearly as efficiently as you know the posterior isolite or um um uh or a dry shield would, but it definitely is better than nothing and it helps to keep everything retracted and the tongue out of the way. Obviously, a rubber rubber dam is gonna be better than all of these things for sure. But um, if you're kind of like me and Sometimes, you know, it's hard to get a rubber dam to clamp on there. If you don't want to mess with it, um, this, this is a nice alternative. That being said, I, I do like it for anterior composite work, uh, on a cooperative kiddo, you've got 10, 12, 14 year old teenager, and you've got some anterior work to do. It did work pretty slick. Um, so I would encourage it for the minimal investment. It's probably worth having around and trying out. Um, you know, same like the, the paddles on the posterior, you can buy a 10 pack for, like twenty seven fifty or you know under thirty bucks, so it's under three bucks for a, a per disposable head, which is is not too bad. Um, but it, it might be able to let you get a little bit more work done in a shorter amount of time, so it might be something worth worth looking into. So that uh, that's item number four, and then the last item on my list here uh, was the de novo extraction kit for uh, the pediatric extraction kit. Again, this is one that I've I've used for a while. I'm a fan of the um, DeNovo space maintainers and a couple of their other products. I like their disposable matrix bands. So those work great. Um, But uh, I bought the extraction kit pretty early on when I opened up. You know, guys know me. I'm kind of a a bit of a tight ass when it comes to watching my overhead and what I'm investing in. And, you know, if if I can purchase a set of space maintainer um, clippers like cutters, you know, if you buy it through DeNovo for... $200, why would you do that when you can get it on net 32 or Amazon for something that's not even going in the mouth, you can still sterilize it, you can buy something for 10 bucks, you know, so I'm always a uh, cautious consumer on these sorts of things. 90% of my extractions, I've used uh, forceps off of either no walk instruments or net 32. Um, And I beat the hell out of these things extracted probably 1000s of teeth with them, and they hold up fantastic. So most forceps you know that you're just doing bread and butter extractions with you can get by your 151 150s 151s you can buy those on Noak or net 32 for you know 30 bucks a forcep and uh they hold up really really well i've had very little corrosion very little um you know friction at the hinge they they just hold up really really well so don't spend hundreds of dollars on a forcep uh, that you don't need but that being said i did purchase the de novo extraction kit because I wanted to have a quality set of forceps on the off chance I ran into some uh, a tough extraction or just needed um, maybe a different style of forceps to get a tough tooth out. So a little bit more expensive but I've, I've, there's been you know about one out of every 10 to 15 teeth that I'm really glad I have this kit. So DeNovo sells them. It's a, it's a kit of five pediatric forceps and they're very small. Like they say pediatric. I mean they just, they hide in the palm of your hand really nicely. They're nice and tiny. Um, you've got five different forceps, uh, there's a number one upper anterior. Great for, uh, you know, that's like a straight beak, straight goes all the way up. That's great for, uh, mushy root tips on D through G, or if you had a zirconia crown break off on D through G and you gotta get that root tip out and there's not much to grab onto. Works fantastic for, for getting up there nice and high up into the, you know, close to that bone and grabbing onto what's left of the tooth. Twist it clockwise, counterclockwise, and usually you can rotate them right out. Number one anterior forcep works great there's a uh, number 44 lower anterior. This is a, a really nice forceps for tight canines like mandibular canines and lower incisors you're trying to get out where you have very little, you know, maybe because of crowding or shark, shark teeth, parents say on the bottom, you've got very little mesial distal width there, the lower anterior forceps can sneak in there and just get into a really tight, um, you know, distal, um, mesial distal space there to grab onto that tooth. So nice, nice set of forceps to use in the anterior when you have very little room to work. There's a number 10 bayonet for upper molars. I don't use that one as much. That's kind of like a, I think it's it an 88, like a Z bend, um, but it, it only has two beaks on it, but they're just nice and wide. Most of the time I don't need those. You can use a, you know, like a 150 S and, and be just fine, but so you got those, uh, another one that I really like in this kit, the fourth one is the number 23 that is a like a, a pedo cow horn as you know 23 is cow horn but it's a pediatric size cow horn works really nice if you've got a stubborn k or a t that's not budging at all there's no mobility you're not getting any back and forth on it you're afraid you're going to break it off um you know long roots you're a little concerned about i know they tell you not to use this in residency a lot of times but as long as that that tooth bud of um, of the premolar isn't right there I've never had an issue with it, and it's really nice, you get that 23 in there, start pumping it like a water handle, work it back and forth, um, and you just, you break off a lot less roots on those big long-rooted, you know, like a young kid who's 6 or 7 and that tooth is bombed, and you gotta get it out, and, and there's no root resorption going on, no furcation, so you just have a lot of bone down there holding on to that tooth. It works really nice. So, check that out, and then the 5th forcep is a, a 27 broad beak for lower molars, uh, it's it's basically like a 151 but with two beaks and it's really wide again, don't use that one as much but it's nice to have I keep all five of these forceps in the de novo extraction kit I call it and we just keep that kit in our our main op room our main quiet op and if I see a tooth that's going to give me a little bit of grief I'll tell the girls hey just grab that de novo kit for me extraction kit and they'll grab it and and there's really not a tooth I can't get out with something in that kit the um Obviously, these ones are a little bit more expensive, but if you you really probably only need one, maybe two kits at the most if you're a solo doc, uh, but, uh, they're, they run, I think they retail for 590. You can get a discount, usually get them for around 530 bucks, um, or you can buy the forceps individually if you just want to pick out a couple of them. But I, I just bought the, the five pack of them and, uh, and they work, they work really nicely. So if you need a little, uh, change up in your forcep armamentarium, check those out. They're, uh, they're really nice. Uh, so that's my list of five. I, I thought about putting Equia Forte on there because I've been using that a lot, um, as, as you guys might have heard in some of my other podcasts. I've uh, been using that a lot for um, like a lot of permanent tooth occlusals on kids that don't brush, kids with, you know, hypoplastic molars. I just have so many kids with terrible hygiene, um, really high risk. Mom's lost all of her teeth. And you just know if you put a composite in that tooth, that kid's gonna have recurrent decay under it in no time. And the, uh, the Equia just seems to hold up a lot better and I, I don't get a lot of washout. So I've been playing with that. I didn't really formally put that on the list, but I have been really impressed by Equia for permanent sealants and occlusals on, uh, you know, high caries risk kids. So another, another thing worth checking out if you haven't, would really encourage you to look at adding, uh, Equia Forte to the list of materials you have. Um, so that's, that's all I got for you guys this week. nice and short episode compared to some longer ones I've done. So check out, um, Bobby Elliott's Pito Bootcamp. Um, you've got your list of five new technologies I played with Ducal throat packs, OptraSculpt from Ivoclar, Mosquito Burrs, Anterior Isolite, uh, from Xeris and the DeNovo Extraction Kit. Um, so check those out. Got a, a couple cool guests coming up. We've got a few Medicaid talks coming up. Um, I know the last handful of podcasts, um, there's been a lot of, uh, finance, taxes, insurance, things like that. But I'm going to try to switch and talk a little bit about maybe some Medicaid topics in, uh, in a couple episodes. Um, so kind of look forward to those. Otherwise I hope everybody finishes out strong, has a good summer. And, um, and, uh, thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate you guys supporting me and we will talk to you guys later. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the bruise and tiny teeth podcast. Be sure to DM our host, Casey Getz on social media with any listener questions, comments, or tough clinical situations. We'll see you next week for another unfiltered episode.